All right, let's get going. Page 25 in Meseches Be'ah. Here we go. We are up to the second line of the Gemara. Beautiful Gemara ahead of us um, with a number of fascinating discussions uh, concerning Hilchas Yamtif and Be'ez Hashem. We will take it all the way down to the bottom of Chafei Amid Be'ez where there is a Mishnah on the bottom line. All right. Now, the conversation we were having, what the Gemara was discussing, is a situation of Tzayit, right? We know there's one of the Malachos on Shabbos and Yom Tov is there's a prohibition to trap and capture, and we were discussing what's... You're allowed to trap something that's already trapped. There's no problem with that, okay? So we were discussing when is something in a... What, what gives something a status? of being captured so that if I now get it, it's, uh, you know, it's not going to be a prohibition. That's the topic we're gonna, that we're having, and it's going to take us down to the Mishnah. Let's get going. Rabbi Barav Huna says in the name of Rav, if a person makes a dam, plugs up a amasamayim, a canal, of water before Yom Tif. So you, you stop it before Yom Tif, which makes it that any fish can no longer flow in and out of that canal. You're basically turning that canal into a swimming pool in a controlled environment. Ulamachar Hishkim, the next morning you get up, Umatsubadagim, and you find fish that are now locked in the canal that you plugged up. Mutarim, you're allowed to use that fish. This is interesting because you didn't necessarily designate the fish for anything other than you now know that the dam that you put into place uh, caused whatever fish to be there to remain. Nothing came in after Yantif. And obviously your intent, uh, the reason why you did this is so that um, the fish are set aside. Okay, so says Rav, or Rabbi Baravuna quoting Rav, in such a circumstance, it's takamutter to use the fish. Now, if it's permitted to use the fish that were stuck there because you plugged up the canal, we can infer, if you ever have a deer or buffalo or an undomesticated kosher animal, that makes its home in a orchard, it's usually, it's a chaya. Okay? Now it made its home in the orchard. In such a case, it's preset. You don't need to set it aside. It's fit for yomtif, it's not muktzah. Okay? Again, what's he saying? Very important to figure out what Rechist is saying because we're going to have a big challenge on this. And then we're going to challenge the challenge and go back and forth. What is he inferring? Rav Chista is inferring if by plugging up a dam you're allowed to use the fish that are locked inside. Therefore, if a deer makes its home inside of an orchard, and the Mepharshim explains, we're going to see soon, this deer now is giving birth inside the orchard, so we want even the baby to not be muktza. Eina tricha this deer is automatically not muktzah. The same way the fish that are plugged into the into the pond, into the now the plugged up canal, which is a swimming pool, 
right? For all intents and purposes, it's permitted. So too, the deer and its baby who made its home in an orchard is going to be automatically considered set aside for yamtif and permitted. If we have any questions on this, that's fine, because there's a number of differences between the cases. Right? One of them being, by the canal, you did something to lock the fish in. Over here, a deer made itself at home. Right? So what, you know, where's this inference coming from? That's going to be the number one question. That's going to take place a little later. But let's, before we ask questions on the inference, let's um, understand, uh, let's first uh, read through the next few steps, okay? And that is, Rav Chista says, if you could use the fish, you could use a deer. Amr of Nachman, Nafal Chavrim Barav our friend is what we would say in our vernacular, uh, walking on thin ice. Yeah? He's opening up a can of worms for himself by saying that, by connecting the two cases. Ikadamri, some say, If a wild animal, a beast, right? Or a, but a kosher one, that acquired an area inside of a orchard, it's automatically considered set aside. Amar Rav Nachman, Nafal Bar Chaver and Barav Rav Vasa are the son of our Chaver of Rav Huna, right? It's Rabba Bar Rav Huna. So Rabba, who's the son of our friend Rav Huna, is opening up a can of worms. Okay, fine. Now, says the Gemara, reason number one, why there's a big difference between the fish and the Chaya. Hasam like Oven Maisa. By the Chaya, you didn't do anything. Hachal Oven Maisa. By the fish, you did something. And also, Velaiba Ezimon. Really? The baby of a deer inside of an orchard doesn't need to be set aside for Yamtif when it's, when it's born on Yamtif. If you have a Chaya that made its home, acquired a home inside of an orchard, you have to Davka be Mizamin, set it aside, designate it for Yamtif. And also a Tzipar Durar, remember that was this wild bird that's very tough to catch. In order for it to not be Mokso, you have to tie its wings. So it doesn't get mixed up with its mother. These were very these drawer birds were wild. They flew very fast, but they were they were also very small. So and they would hang around their mothers apparently. So um, if you have a, a drawer bird, you had to tie its wings. This way you knew which one it was. And apparently they were all similar size. They looked similar. These are alachas that came out of Shmaya But the bottom line is, you see that an animal born to a chaya in an orchard is not permitted to take. It's moktza. Umar says, you're right, Tiofta. It's an upslug. Okay? So what we just said is, you need to set aside a baby deer in order for it to be allowed to use it on yamtif. It's not enough that its mother acquired a home inside of an orchard. And then gave birth inside the orchard. That doesn't make it preset for yamtiv. That's not enough. You must taka designate it. You must taka set it aside. Okay. Now we're going to challenge that. Allah Do you really need to set it aside? But I will advise Amr Shem and Allah says, "Might the Bishamai be silo? Bishamai Both agree. Al shehizben b'seichakain that if you set aside birds inside of the cane, inside of the nest. Remember we had a machlekes Bishamai be silo. Whether it's enough to designate the bird, whether you have to actually pick it up. But be it as it may, everybody agrees. If you do, however, you set it aside, and it was inside of the cane, inside of the the bird home, 
Okay? Umatsuf Nekim, then you find it in front, Shasurim. It's Usr, because these birds may not be the birds that were inside the next nest. You can't assume that they're out on the front uh, patio taking a cigarette. Yeah, and they walked outside. You can't assume that. When do we say that it's Usr? With Yoni Shubach, the, the doves of the uh, bird home and the doves of the attic, the, the multi-story, yeah. Or you have birds that make their home in in uh, various nests along of large walls of a home, okay? Um, which, as we explained previously, much earlier on in the Masechta, um, these were birds that weren't able to fly on their own. But avazim geese, targaylim chickens, v'yani hadrois and Herodian yonim doves, v'chaya shekinah bepardes, or a wild animal that sets itself up inside of a pardes. Mutarim now pardes is usually protected. Okay, mutarim ve'inas v'chizim and it's mutar. You don't need to set them aside. You do not need to set aside the deer. This is what we're ultimately going to come back to the question. Until now, we're reporting this whole price for this halacha right here. We just said you do need to set aside a deer or any chaya that sets that, that sets itself up inside of an orchard. This price is saying not like that. Okay, this is going to be the line we're going to get back to. But let's finish the price. On a drawer bird, you have to tie up its wings, right? And any bird that is makusha that is tied up, runam or waved, in pits, or homes. In ditches and ma'aris are caves, mutarim, but a regular bird that's in a tree, okay, then asurim. You're not allowed to use those birds. You might come and break something in a tree, not let it climb up a tree. But what's the bottom line? Um, Birds that are tied up and picked up are always awesome. Okay, there's a simon on them and they're going to need to be returned. But here's the question. We just proved that if a wild animal goes into an orchard and sets up shop, the halach is you still need to designate it, you still need to set aside the covered yomtiv, it and its baby, in order for it to be not mukta. Over here you see that's not true. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Akash is no question, one's talking about the baby itself, and the other one's talking about the mother. Okay? Meaning, the baby itself, you don't need to set aside. You don't need to set aside the baby for it to not be mukti. You know why? Because it, it can barely move. So it's automatically considered captured. But the mother, Kataka, that, that you're going to, it's not enough that it's in the orchard. Your mom is going to have to designate it. Says the Gemara, is it enough to just designate the, the mother? It's not enough to just designate a wild animal. You also need to do a, a uh, full fledged trapping. One moment. Right. Otherwise, you never made a full uh, showing that it's uh, that it's the covered yomtiv. Ella Omer of Nachmar Yisroch, rather of Nachmar Yisroch says, Both brises are talking about the newborn animal. The brisa which says that you're that you're not that it needs to be designated, and the in the orchard the brisa says doesn't need to be designated in the orchard. Both talking about the baby. The difference is going to be where the orchard is. If the orchard is right next to the town and people are aware that it's there, they know that there's a baby, so then it's considered trapped, right? The baby can't move too fast as soon as it's born. 
and therefore mere designation will suffice. However, if it's further away um, from, uh, if it's further away from the town, then it's still going to be muktzah. Period. End of that discussion um, and that particular conversation concerning trapping chayas the covid your yomtif meal. All right. We're now up to the Mishnah, the fourth wide line on Dafchafei Amad Aleph. We're going to get onto some fascinating halachas with this Mishnah. Okay, it's not a long Mishnah, but to just put it, give a quick introduction. We've learned you're allowed to shecht an animal on Yomtif. When? When you want to eat the meat, Lekavid, Yomtif. Right? What if I have a completely different reason why I'm shechting the animal? Then is it mutter to shecht on yomtif? Okay? Completely different reason. Or, I'm shechting the animal in a situation where I know it's going to be impossible to eat it. Is it mutter to shecht then? Okay? So that's what our Mishnah is going to deal with. Very interesting Mishnah. Here we go. You've got a cow with one foot on the grave, the other foot in, on a banana peel. You know it's about to pass away. So you quickly want to shecht it. This way the meat will be kosher. That's why, so it's, it's yomtif, and it's about to pass. You want to shecht the animal to save yourself financially, Right? And to have kosher meat. But you don't really need it for yomtif. So, says the Mishnah, you're not allowed to shech this animal, unless there's enough time left on yomtif to eat something from the animal. To eat the size of a kezayis that is roasted. Now, why is this important? Why are we saying roasted? Because cooking takes longer than roasting. And also the salting, the koshering process is much faster. Okay? So what the Tanakama is saying is that if you have an animal and you want to shecht it because you want to save yourself from it turning into a nevela, you're, you're not allowed to shecht it unless you can ultimately shecht it plus roast it with enough time to eat a kezayis on Yom. Rabbi Kiva, Imer, Rabbi Kiva says, okay? You don't need enough time to be able to shecht it and roast it. All you need is enough time to be able to shecht it and take a kezayis to go eat it. But it doesn't, you don't need also the amount of time um, of roasting. Okay. Shechita basada. If let's say he shechted it out in the field. So you're not shechting it because it's about to pass away. You're shechting it out in the field. You're shechting a healthy animal out in the field. Okay. Um, the luck is you're not you shouldn't schlep the whole animal in a, as a whole because um, Rashi explains over here it, it's it's like 
it, it's a lot of effort. It's, it's not it's not It's not some come walking into town with a big fat carcass hanging around the pole that you're schlepping in on Yomtev. It's a lot of, it looks like a weekday type of activity and um, it's not in the spirit of Yomtev. Maybe if you shucked it out in the field, you could schlep in the, the various parts of the animal limb by limb. Okay, so a quick overview. What did we just learn in the Mishnah? The first conversation in the Mishnah was about shechting an animal on Yomtev for a different reason other than particularly wanting its meat. You just want to save the animal. So we said it depends how much time is left in the day. We had a machleikas about that. And also, Stam, you shecht an animal out in the field. Okay? Any animal, says the, says the Mishnah, you shouldn't bring it into town in one large piece. It's not respectful. Rather, it should be cut up. Gavaldi. All right. That is the Mishnah Zogt the Gemara. Am Rabbi Baraba. Rabbi Baraba says, Hefshit v'nituach ba'ayla. You need to do hefshit v'nituach. You need to skin the animal and cut it up by a carbon ayla. din And butchers should do the same thing. Listen to this. I love this Gemara. Beautiful, beautiful message here. Mikan limda taira derecheretz. And the fact that Rami Bar Abba says you skin and then cut up the carbon, the Torah is teaching derech eretz. Learn derech eretz. What's the derech eretz? You should not eat meat before hefshet v'nituach. Before actually skinning and cutting it up. Okay? Now, Derech Eretz over here does not mean improper, polite manners. You see from here, this is what's so beautiful. You know what Derech Eretz is? Derech Eretz means normal. Derech Eretz, the, the way things should be. We view Derech Eretz as proper manners. We know really what Derech Eretz is? Derech Eretz is normal. Expected. Derech Eretz, somebody's got Derech Eretz means they're acting in a way that's expected. Derech Eretz should be the, the, the normal standard, not something that's like beyond. Right? You need Derech Eretz, to even have Torah impact us, we need to be Ben people. We need to have proper Derech Eretz. We're using this word to teach us the process of cutting up a carbon. Or for a regular person, when you shecht an animal, the process of how it's done is derech eretz. It's just the right way to get it done. That's that. That's the real definition of derech eretz. Says Gemara, my kamashvulan. What's the chiddush over here? Yidim lafuki midravuna. If you're coming today, it's coming to exclude ravuna. The ravuna ravuna says behema bechia becheskas iser. My listen, animal while it's alive is becheskas iser. Right? Why is it becheskas iser? Are you allowed to eat a live animal? No. Ad sheivad lechavam and ishkata. Until you know everything has the cheskas iser, until you know that it was shechted appropriately, nishchata, and now you shecht it. Becheskas heter, I met us. It has a cheskas heter, right? Ad sheivad lechavamanitrefa. Until you actually go ahead and find a trefa, all right? Now, anon tenan masisik ravuna. We learned in our mishnah a halacha like ravuna the tenan 
because we learned in our Mishra, Rebbe Kiva says, this is our Mishnah uh, that we just read earlier, it's even mutter to shecht an animal if you're going to take a raw kezayis from the place of shechita. If you have enough time for that alone, Seder, you're allowed to shecht this animal. My love, doesn't mean not from the shlachtais, the slaughterhouse, but it means from the, the part of the animal that is shechted. Now, if you could take a piece of meat as soon as from the neck, the part of the animal that's shechted, as soon as it's shechted, you see from over here that you could take meat before the skinning. Okay? If you could take meat before the skinning, it must be there's already a kashrastika aspect even before the process. Says the Gemara Yeah? You know what it means? It doesn't mean from the neck. It means from the stomach, okay? You need to take a size of an olive from the center of the stomach, and by the time you get to the center of the stomach, everything else must have been skinned away. I have a ton of Rebchia. taught us, Makam Tvichasa Ma'amish, Taka means the neck. Rami Baraba, rather Rami Baraba says, no, let me explain, Top of Amad Beis, Eirech Ara Kamash the the Brisa, is letting us know Ayrachara. Okay, Ayrachara says the Gemara, says Rashi, it's not teaching us halachas are permitted, it's telling us what should be done. What do you mean it should be done? Kedetanya, we learned in Ebrisa, how should a person eat meat? Listen to this. A person should not eat garlic or an onion from the top of the garlic or onion. You should start from the, the stem. If you ate it the other way by doing it from the top, so then you look like Ravosan, somebody who's starving and can't stop eating, what we call a glutton. Okay? When you start eating before things are prepared appropriately, like you start putting out food and somebody goes and starts grabbing it, before it's proper time, that's, it's, it's pasnished, right? It's wrong. Similarly, we say, a person shouldn't drink uh, huge gulps, particularly of wine. If you do drink like that, so you're, uh, you're, you're, you guzzle. person drinks his cup of wine all at once. If you drink it in two, if you drink it too slow, then you look like a Balgaila. Yeah, it's fantastic. Everything that we do, including the way that we eat, need to it needs to be measured. The way we take food, the way we eat food, the what the the size of our portions, the size of the portions that we that we put in our mouths. Are we stuffing our faces, or are we taking our time? And even when we take our time, are we doing it like hatsi tatsi, pish posh? Then you're a guy. Everything that we do in the life of a yid, there's a right way to do it. And a wrong way to do it. There's a middle of the ground that that uh, that needs to be had. Which, as uh, the story we've quoted about Rav Mutha Weinberg, the Rashi of Montreal, Zechariah Levracha was was asked, what does he find to be the most beautiful part about Yiddishkeit, the most beautiful part about Judaism, and what does he say? That everything means something. Everything means something. When you take a shower, you shower in the Tiredikah way. When we play ball, we play ball in the Tiredikah way. When we eat, eat in the Tiredikah way. When we rest, we rest in a Tiredikah way, right? 
If you're resting because you're lazy, it's wrong. If you're resting because you need a rest, it's right. Every, there's nothing that doesn't have some sort of meaning. And that's, you know, that's a message here we're showing from the eating as well. There's a theoretical way to do it. Not too fast, not too slow. You do it with proper, with, with proper derecheret. All right. Gewaldik. And Rami Baraba says, Chatsuva bekata ragleha in darshia. Chatsuva, okay? Chatsuva um, is a type of uh, growth that doesn't leave the area, it doesn't spread. Doesn't spread. It's planted and it stays there. It knows its location. Chatsuva are going to take down the Rishon in the future. And the um, the halachas of Arla, where we know you're not allowed to use or benefit something in the first a tree from the first three years of growth. So that is going to cut out the feet of the butchers who don't follow the proper process from the shechita to bringing the meat to the table. And people who are as well, yeah? Um, so a person doesn't have the patience, doesn't have the patience and do everything in the, uh, in the proper manner as well, should learn from Hilchas Arla. Tormusa, Tormus, which was a type of, of bean that needed to be cooked over and over and over again. Mikata Raglan Dishanem Sayisro brings out the legs of Klal Yisro. Okay? Shanamar Vayisifu Bnei Yisro Lase Sarab Eni Hashem. Kalaisho continued to do that which was improper in the eyes of Hashem. Ayabdu Asabaolan, and they served up by the Zaras of Baal, the Esa Ashtarais, the Esa Lehei Aram, the Esa Lehei Tzidoin, the Esa Lehei Moyav, the Esa Lehei Bnei Yamin, the Esa Lehei Plishtim. Okay? So we see seven different times that Klal Yisrael turned to, uh, turned to Avay the Zara. And the, the, the message is this, uh, to learn from a bean the same way this bean is impossible to eat until it's cooked seven times. Yet, Klal Yisrael as well, we should look at Hashem's creation and we should look at this bean and say, you know, when something's been taught to you, something's happened, you've been put into hot water over and over and over again, at a certain point, you're supposed to change. You're supposed to become edible. You're supposed to become... He's supposed to become sweetened. You know, Rabbi Shasher, the Chaynu Levracha, right, uh, who, who we've all heard of, of America. Rabbi Shasher was known to quip whenever he would need to break ice, you know, in, in politics, or he'd have a parlor meeting with people who weren't Jewish. Um, one of the jokes that he would start out with is that the Jewish people are like tea bags. We don't get going till we're in hot water. That was his. You know, that's how he would explain and open up some of these meetings he had. You know, why, why are you guys showing up now? Like, well, what happened now? Right? 
We'll do a tea bag. But once once we get going in hot water, we're there. Yeah, we're changing the hot water for for the good. And that's what Rabbi Barachama, uh, that's what Rami Bar Abba is saying to to learn out. We're supposed to look around and 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 learn the same way these beans change, and they become they become zis. So too, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is giving us messages over and over. At a certain point, we're supposed to we're supposed to change. And we turned away from Hashem. We didn't serve Hashem. If you turn away from Hashem, certainly are we not serving Him. So why does he need to say we didn't serve Him? Even this Tormus bean. needs to be cooked seven times. And it's sweet. It's even eaten for dessert at the end of a meal. Yeah, my children... Uh, you know, did not learn from this, and they, uh, you know, they don't view me as sweet, in in uh, you know in, in in their view. Okay. Tano mishmei dereb meyer. We learned a brisa in the name of Reb Meir. Yisrael azin. Why was Torah given to call Yisrael? You know why. Because you need to be stubborn. You need to be stubborn. Yeah. And Klai saw we were stubborn. However, Zogd Rashi, we need Tyra to kind of break this trait. You need the trait to keep it, but you also need it to, to uh, perfect it. Tarnat Rebbe Rebbe they learned in the yeshiva of Rebbe Shmol, Miyamino Yeshtaslomai, uh, these people are fit, uh, is fit to receive the Taira, which is right? the fire of Taira. The, the Das, the, the knowledge and the, the DNA of Klai Yisrael is fire. If, if the Torah would not have been given to Klal Yisrael, no Uma, no nation or tongue would be able to uh, to handle Klal Yisrael. Okay? Um, lost the place, I'm sorry. Behindu, sorry. Behindu da means when he said Gimel Azim Haim, there are three things that are stubborn. Yisrael Bumais, Klal Yisrael, when we're out in Gullus. Yeah, we're out in Gullus. Guess what? We ain't going to be beaten. We're stubborn people. We're going to hold on. Kelev Bechayis, dog amongst all the other animals. They're stubborn. Tarnagol Boifus, the chicken amongst the birds. Vyesha Imrim, Afez Behima Daka, a goat is stubborn amongst amongst Behima Dakas, you know, uh, animals, but smaller ones. Vyesha Imrim, Aftzlaf Beilanis, even a tzlaf bush amongst larger trees. These trees are much larger, but this bush, um, uh, you know, holds its own amongst everything else. Okay. We said that uh, we're now by the first wide line. We said in the Mishnah, if a person shechts an animal, 
out in the field on Yomtev, you should not bring it back in a mic. You shouldn't bring it the whole thing back uh, in one large piece on a pole. Tanya Rabbah, one of the rabbis learned, and so should we. Uh, Suma, a blind person, is not allowed to go out with his cane. Okay? Um... And a shepherd should not go out with his tarmilai, with his backpack. And a person should not be carried outside on Yomtiv, whether it is a man or a woman. All right? Now, all these things are not talking about things that are needed. We're not talking about a walking stick for a blind person. We're talking about something that's, you know, just for, for added... Uh, added security or a little kavod, things like that. Okay, so um, these things should not be done on yomtiv. Ini, is it true? There was a zakin echad, was an old person who lived in his shchuna, lived in his neighborhood. And he would be carried out in his bagludki. He'd be carried out in his chair. If the rabbim needs him, it is mutter. If he needs to be carried to yeshiva, such a thing is mutter, even though it's it's considered uvda dechayim, even though it's a weekday activity to carry him. Masamchu Rabbi Seinu al divrei Achi Shakya Shomar and Chachamim relied on Achi Shakya the Omar who says Ano Afikde LeRavuna. I used to carry Ravuna Mehini LeShili from a place called Hini to a place called Shili. Okay, there are. Places that were a few blocks from each other. Umishili lehini and back again. Same thing. So you see, people are allowed to be carried outside in a chair. Says Gemara. Even though generally it's of the dechayil, but if the if the rabbim needs that person, and that then that person is allowed to be carried out on a chair. Again, the issue over here is going to be of the dechayl. It looks like a stam a weekday activity. Amli Rav Nachman the Chama Baroda Shliach Tzir. Nachman said to Chama Baroda, who was the Shliach of Tzir. Shliach of Tzir over here means he lived in Eretz Yisrael, but he very often would travel to Babel to share the words or deliver deliver messages from the Rabbanim of Eretz Yisrael to the Rabbanim of Babel. So Nachman told Chama. When you go back up to Eretz Yisrael, go near, take the path near Tsar. And ask Rav Yaakov Aridi, what is the halacha, whether a person might be carried outside in a chair? When he got to Tsar, had died. He saw like he came to Eretz Yisrael, and he found Rav Zreka. Okay, again, Rav Nachman asked him to go ask Rav Yaakov Aridi. He goes there, Yaakov Aridi is not around. So he continues on to Eretz Yisrael, and he meets Rav Zerika. Omar Lay, so he asked Rav Zerika. Yaakov Aridi is not alive anymore, so now he's asking Rav Zerika instead. And he says, Kisei ma'osebe, what's Allah about carrying on a chair? Omar Lay, hachi Omar Ravami. Ravami says, Vavad shaloi yechatev. Yeah, you're allowed to carry the chair, but you shouldn't carry it on your shoulders. Maya vavad shaloi yechatev, Omar Grace of the Ravah. Be uh, uh, alumki, yeah. But uh, what well, we just translated, you're allowed to carry it 
but you should not carry it on your shoulders. Okay, this is when you carry it on your shoulders. That was the usual way to carry people who were who were seated, and that's mamish and ovdu dechayil. If you're going to do it on yom, you should you should do it differently. He says, "Ini, it's not true." Rav Nachman allowed Yalta, even on Yamtif, Yalta was his wife, to be carried on shoulders, even in that usual manner. Says the Gemara, Shaini Yalta de Beisa. Yalta was, uh, she was afraid, and therefore, really, she should have been carried in an unusual manner with people's hands, whatever. But she was nervous um, if, if people wouldn't carry her on their shoulders, and therefore, for her in particular, um, it was it was allowed. Okay, now you can ask. I we said that a person is only allowed to be carried when the rabbin needs them. Okay, so why did he allow Yalta? So I'm, I'm not sure unless you say there's a whole there's a whole discussion amongst Rishonim. Maybe Yalta needed she was the rabbitson. I don't know. Maybe she needed to be in shul place. I don't know. would be carried in the usual way. Um, on Shabbos and on uh, on on uh, yeah on Shabbos they were coming to teach Hilchas Regal Mishum Beitusa because also they were afraid of falling off so again you see that when there's a fear it was permitted to do this shoulder carrying even though it seemed like so Amila and some say Mishum Duchad the Chibura because of Duchad the Chibura. Um, they needed to be carrying, they needed to be carried in the usual way. Why? Because if it was carried in the unusual way, it would go, it would, um, it would go slower. Just to end off with a Misa, my father shared with me, he said that Rabarin Cutler, Zechari Levrachim, when he would come give Shir in Yeshiva, so the Brachim would all be waiting. And um, the Brachim would all be waiting for him, and when he would walk in from the back, everybody would stand up. Right? And that's that's what we're saying here in the Gemara as well. That Amemar and Marzutra, they would be carried into the yeshiva. Everybody would stand up. So if they would be carried in the unusual way, it would take longer to get to the seat. Everybody have to stay, would, would have to remain standing for longer. So therefore they preferred to move to be carried on their shoulders to move along faster. So anyway, Rabarin, would go, my father said, would run to his seat. In the front, Imam is run. This way, the the tibur wouldn't stand a, a second longer. And one time he tripped. One time he tripped and he fell down. Um, he fell down right near where my father was. And as Rabarin Cutler stood up, my father said he he asked he was talking to himself in Yiddish, and he says, "What did I do wrong today?" He was trying to make a quick uh, make a quick cheshbon and nefesh. You know, my father said to me, "It's like okay, the was running fast. You could trip, you know." But Rabban's like, "I tripped. What I, you know, what's my cheshbon anefesh? What's the message that Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu is trying to send me? Everything was a, was a message for him. But the same idea to go fast, and apparently to go fast that overrides the whole issue of of the dechayil. We'll hold it here for tonight, and Bez Hashem, we will pick up from the bottom line. We'll pick up from the Mishnah tomorrow morning." Um, we want to give time for the Eilam, who's davening at the later minion. There's two minion tomorrow. So later minion should be done by 10. Um, so let's let's call Daf Yaimi for 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. All right, we'll do 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, Bez Hashem. 
a good Tavach and a good Mayer, everyone.